So ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Ask the Masters and I am excited to do part two of a two-part series with the world incredible Brett Abbott. Now I want to give a little bit of a shout out, shout out Brett. Hey, a guy by the name of Dean Wellett who is a longtime listener out of Chandler, Arizona, big family pools, didn't catch a mistake that I made because we know you don't make mistakes, but in the editing. So a big shout out, a big family pools. He has eight kids there in Chandler, uh, Arizona, and he does support his family in the pool industry. So uh, Dean, appreciate you listening. Um, if you guys happen to be listening to uh, this Ask the Masters on any of our channels, if it's YouTube, please give us a thumbs up. If you're listening to it in podcast, please give us a nice rating, uh, make comments down below, and we will get back to you. So with no further ado, I want to introduce you to one of the world's best uh, website developers. I mean, marketing guys, been in the pool business for a long, long time. Uh, catching this year on the show circuit, which is going to be virtual in many cases, but you can still catch these uh, all the different seminars he has. So back with us to go through four, five, six, and seven. And Dean was asking, that's why I got the call. He says, Randy, you messed up, but you know what? I need to know. I need the inside secret on the final four secrets for marketing that Brett's going to go. So come on, Brett, bring it on. What, what you got? Roger that. Uh, so the mistake was that we didn't cover the other four, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, was, it, was, it was an editing mistake that I said I was going to make that we didn't catch. But nonetheless, Dean got it. <laughs> All right, well, I'll share my screen and we will jump in. So for anyone who has slept since the last time we covered this, which includes me, by the way, when you said you wanted people to thumbs up the, the different uh, the podcast, you're talking specifically about this one, right, Randy? Well, only this one. That's right. I mean, or, or any of the other. Yeah, I think this is actually your fourth time back to Ask the Masters, and uh, we're getting some great response. We're, you know, I, th I think people know that they're doing really well this year, as we talked about in our first podcast. But, you know, they're, they're knowing 2021 may change up a little bit, and this is the time. This is the time to put it together so that you just keep, keep the... And keep the gas going. Keep the keep the throttle down on that boat you got out there on your dock, and then keep it moving. <laughs> That's a fact. All right. So, when, last time we got together, we talked about seven crucial marketing secrets every pool company should know, and we did cover the first three. So, just a quick recap. Secret number one was the fact that buying a pool is a unique process. It's it's unlike buying anything else you can think of. It's very large. It's very rare. It's totally custom and it's permanent. And I honestly cannot think of anything that matches those four criteria other than a swimming pool. Unless you were going to buy a $250,000 piece of art. But you know, I'm sorry that even that doesn't apply because that's not permanent. Okay. It's very unique. That's secret number one. Secret number two. Well, is wait, well wait, wait, wait on that first one. Should we get Naomi to weigh in on this? I'm not sure. The purchase of a large, rare, custom, permanent. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll let that go. Now, we'll get to Naomi soon enough. Okay? <laughs> uh, secret number two to the average home. And this is a universal for all businesses. It's a marketing challenge, not just in the pool industry. Uh, to, the, to anyone who's trying, thinking about buying something from you, until you demonstrate otherwise, you look like everyone else. So that's the job of marketing is to demonstrate how you are different. Uh, crucial secret. Number three, no brainer stuff, but it's worth saying the best leads are going to be referrals. They're going to pay more money on average. They're going to fight you less on average. They typically cost less. Well, cause you don't have to spend anything on advertising and they're, they got a higher probability of buying from you because it's a referral. So 
that's a no-brainer. And I gave a secret trick. I think I explained it on the last podcast about what I call the thank you meeting. When the pool is just filling up with water, you show up and just, you know, let them you know, gush over how happy they are about their swimming pool. And then you surprise them with those ridiculously huge, thick, classy, elegant fat towels. And they're so blown away that the, the law of reciprocity kicks in and they're thinking, oh my, I wasn't expecting a gift from the guy who sold us a swimming pool. So now they feel guilty and they are gonna refer all their friends to you and you're gonna sell five or 10 more pools just because you gave them some nice towels, the thank you meeting. So if you want more details on any of those, I go back to the podcast uh, on file, right Randy? Absolutely. What a fantastic tip there too is to you know give them uh, just a little smile on the way out the door and make sure that they're they're happy because if they're not they would have the opportunity right then to say hey if you fix this I'd I'd really be happy and and I think sometimes it 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 solves little minor issues and keeps keeps you on the on the right foot as you head out the door to cash your check. Yep. And and from a self-serving standpoint, not for me, but for every salesperson. Not only are they feeling good about the pool, but when you're there at that happiest moment of their life, they're associating that happiness with you personally. You're the guy that made it happen. So why not? That's, that's where you get the more referrals. So let's move on to number four. What about that internet thingy? Apparently the internet is not going away. I guess it's not just a fad. So let's talk about that. I've been quoting famous people for a lot of these slides, but I ran out of famous people. So I'm quoting myself. <laughs> okay. In fact, in the pool industry, your website is a lot more important than you think. That's because a lot of people are looking at your website. I'm showing right now a pie chart that shows that about 80% of your leads for the average pool company, it, it's typically about half of that 80% is going to be from the internet. And the other half is referrals. If you're doing a lot, if you've got predominantly internet, not much referrals, that means you're probably not doing a great job. If you're predominantly referrals and not much in the way of internet leads, you've probably got a crappy website or a reputation problem or some kind of online issue. If you're getting kind of 40% in the referrals and 40% of your business is internet, well, then you're probably fairly well balanced. So that, and I've looked at hundreds of companies and I see this over and over again. And then the remaining 20% could be anything, yard signs, truck signage, walk-in, et cetera. So we know that at least 40% of the people are finding you on the internet and looking at your website. And we'd be kidding ourselves if we thought that a referral wouldn't also go look at the, at the, at your website before they meet you just to kind of get a sense I mean, that's, they're trying to figure out, okay, is this person worth pursuing? So they're trying to make decisions about whether or not they should pick up the phone and call you. So, and, and you know, Brad, I, you know, I, I think to, to your point there, that 80% of the purchase, the buy, people that buy now want to do their research before they pick up the phone. When they pick up the phone, they're pretty much ready. They, you know, this, this internet uh, society now are voyeurs, if you will. So that what, what they do or they're researching to make sure that, you know, that, that, you know, what you look like, you know, who you are, that you're not a creep. And, you know, I, I mean, in the pool industry, you know, we're known criminals. And, right. and so if, if we can clarify that with all of our internet presence, including our website, uh, it goes a long way to get them, getting them to pick up the phone. Once they pick up the phone, in many, many cases, they've made up their mind. It's now yours to lose. So yeah, this internet thing, Wow, it's here to stay. 
Yeah, yeah you, you're, you're right. We are a blue collar industry, so we need to dispel the ugly image that's there. They say, don't worry, we're not those scary people. See, you can see us, see me on a video online. But now in terms of picking up the phone, let's remember that when it comes to buying a new pool, people are spending months, if not years, thinking about it, right? So the, so of all the people going to your website, maybe 1% of them are going to pick up the phone and call you today. The other 99% are, are months away from it. They're just, they're just doing research to try to bring themselves up to the level where they would finally actually be ready to speak with someone. That's why I say the website is so critically important, not just so that they'll call you, but for the other 85 to 99% who are just still collecting data, to, you know, trying to educate themselves. Because it's, as we said earlier, it's a huge freaking deal to buy a new in-ground pool. So they got, they're not ready to just go blindly. They, uh, they're trying to arm, arm themselves with information. So we wanna make sure we satisfy that need. Uh, and another concept, I'm showing a, a simple flow chart right now that shows that you know, if your leads come in, whether it's from advertising or direct mail or, or, what, or a joint venture or a referral, most of those people are going to go to your website. And then maybe they'll call you and if they, uh, and you have a sales meeting, if they don't buy, they go in your automated follow. We'll talk about both of those, but the website really is at the heart of your overall marketing system. Now I'm showing a Google Analytics traffic flow chart. This was so eye-opening when I when they first started doing this, I don't know, 10 years ago, whatever it was, you know, it shows in green how people, or, or where really, where people are coming to your website, and then the red shows where they left, okay? So the great big green square in the upper left corner of my slide shows the 2,000 people came to the website to the homepage. And what I'm, I've looked at a thousand different pool builder websites, and it's always the same there's one universal truth. No matter what you call it, after they go to the homepage, people looking for a new pool always go to the following page. What would you say it was, Randy? What would be the one page after they get the homepage? Where do all pool shoppers go? Well, you know, you know I know they, they love the pictures, but I want to talk to you about price too, because I, I've seen a pain point there. So you, you tell me, am I right with the pictures or is it price point? I'll tell you. It will always be and has consistently been for, for the masses of people that are going to the website. First, it's the photos. Because if they don't like what they see, they don't care what the price is. Okay, first, you got to have what I want. If you have what I want, then I want to know about the price. That's a, that's a great hot button. And most people don't talk about price. That's a whole nother subject. But uh, but yeah, that, that, would, that would come in number two and or the about us and a variety of other things. But it's always, no matter what you call it, they always go to the photos and then they leave or they, they go further. And if you're lucky, then they contact you. So uh, here's the deal. And I'll just wrap this up in a nutshell because you can have a great website that helps you sell or you can have a crappy website that's actually hurting you. So you got to ask yourself, what are they experiencing when they show up on your website? Is it a nice classy website or is it a trashy website? Is it a modern website or does it look and feel behind the times? Is it fast and mobile ready and working on their phone or is it going to be annoying? Because you know, if you're, they're trying to look you up on the phone and they can't see it because you're not mobile ready, especially the younger people are going to think, wow, you are so, uh, you're out of touch. Uh, so bottom line, is it impressive? 
Am I impressed or do I need to keep looking for someone else? Those decisions are going to be made in the first 10 to 15 seconds that they land on your website. Okay. So if your website isn't looking right and, and just looking right uh, immediately, they're gone. They've got, they've got better things to do. So that's why I say it's so important. Here's kind of the bottom line. If your website sucks, then people are going to presume that you suck. I mean, if you build great pools, you probably would have a great website. If you've got a crappy website, my thinking is if you're not paying attention to that, you're probably not paying attention to a lot of things. Most may be right, may be wrong, but that's the assumption most people will make. So now here's something I do. I told you, I promised you I'd bring Naomi into this. Right? I knew it. I knew she'd show up. I like yeah. it when she shows up. Everybody does. Everybody likes it when I leave and when she shows up. And, but here's what I do when I'm live teaching a session. I always stop there and I say, look, if you're not sure whether or not your website is up to snuff, we do a free website evaluation. All you have to do is contact us. And of course, I've got Naomi in the back of the room. So I say, uh, request free eval uh to Naomi. I say go back to the back of the room. And of course, everybody goes to the back of the room and it's your free eval, free coffee. Are you available for dinner? All kinds of, uh, she gets all kinds of requests. <laughs> but if anyone <laughs> wants a free eval, they, they can email Naomi at poolbuildermarketing.com and she'll schedule something and, and we'll spend 30 minutes and I'll give you free advice and then you can do with that what you wish. Okay, that was secret number four, that internet thingy. Now let's talk about nurturing prospects. The, this has been the heavy focus of marketing in general for the last 15 to 20 years. We're talking about marketing automation and drip marketing, all that kind of thing. You know, everybody knows that follow-up is important. We've been talking about that for a hundred years, right? Well, you got to follow up. The important thing is you got to follow up. Just make sure you follow up. Everybody says, yes, sir. We, it's important. We're going to follow up. That's what's important. But in my experience, it's probably the worst executed tactic in the history of marketing. Because everybody knows you're supposed to follow up, but everybody's busy doing day-to-day -day stuff. So it's very difficult to follow up, as, at least as thoroughly as we should. So uh, let's just do a quick reminder. How long are these people thinking about it? The people coming to the website, most of the people coming to your website are not ready to talk to you today. They're looking for information. So if you could get their information and then get their contact info and then start dripping educational information onto them. Well, then when they work their way down to the point that they are ready to talk to someone, they've learned so much from you and about you that they are much more likely to choose you when they pick up the phone to call someone. Uh, besides, you got, they got your postcards and emails there. So, um, like I said, it's, it's a to, to, to do this, Brett, too, I, we've worked on these campaigns before. It's so important to get it automated because so many people were doing that on three by five cards, you remember, or uh, worse than that, the buck tabs that dry up and fall on the floor and emails that you can't follow through with. And like you say, on this two year journey, um, the buyer has different obstacles. And, you know, sometimes it's the finances. Sometimes it's getting the kids a little bit older. So really, two years ago, you plant the seeds that you get a harvest today. And that drip system, appropriately named for water, is dripping on that seed until you get a mature apple that you can pick and build that pool. So, um, yeah, it's, it's um, you know, it's so important to automate that. 
and, and you're going to see that you're going to increase your, your bottom line sales dramatically if, uh, if you, you put that into some automation sequence. And if you don't, at least go buy some three by five cards and, and some post-its, you know, and put them on the wall or something. Well, like I said, you've got a choice. You can either, you can automate it or you can count on the salespeople to do it in their spare time. And how, how uh, reliable do you suppose that's going to be? They've got better things to do than fill out uh, postcards. So uh, Michael Gerber, he says, everything needs to be systematized. So we kind of follow that model. So the follow-up needs to be automated to keep your existing clients as well as nurture the future prospects. I'll show you what we've been doing with pool builders. Uh, now, some of this is a little old, I gotta confess. We're really not into the DVDs so much anymore, but it's such a good visual example that uh, of a low risk offer that I show it anyway. We, we got a downloadable report and or a DVD. The key is that if you're not ready to talk to us, I still want your contact info. Here's a very tempting low risk offer. Fill out the form and download this because if I can just get your email address, then I can do a series of drips. With the DVD, we would also get the mailing address so we could do postcards as well. But like that's kind of, we're kind of moving away from that. But uh, uh, a lot of people, a lot of people don't even have DVD players anymore. However, I will tell you that in other markets, people are still anxious to get their hands on a DVD in the year 2020. So uh, go figure, right? It's everybody's a little different. Anyway, so when they ask for the DVD, an auto reply email goes by, whatever they ask for, you send out a quick auto reply, you don't send it out, you automatically issue that. If you're mailing the DVD, I say put it in a priority mail envelope because then they'll think, oh my gosh, this is important. What is it? And they'll open it up immediately. So it gives it more credibility. And like I said, if you've got a mailing address, uh, you can do a whole series of postcards because postcards are a very interesting way to advertise. To clarify, we're not really advertising because we've already got their attention. So now we're just kind of marketing to them. But the point is a postcard is, if it's a TV commercial, you can walk away and ignore it. But a postcard, anything in direct mail, they have to hold it in their hand to throw it in the trash. Right? Even if they're throwing it away, and even if 97% of the people throw it away, they're, they're looking at it and 3% will still call you. So postcards still work. And, and, and Brett, just to add to that, because I know what you've done is you've written a lot of different books and uh, eBooks actually. And, and so some of those are being downloadable eBooks on the things you need to know about building a swimming pool. And there, while you may not be capturing their physical um, street address, you are capturing their email address and sometimes even a phone number so that you can text them. And that's, that's you know, the new DVD, that's a new delivery system over this great thing called the internet. And, uh, and, and I know that's on a lot of the campaigns we've been working on recently. Excellent point about the text messaging because that is clearly picking up steam. So uh, we're yeah. getting more and more into that. I think 99% of text messages are open and only 30% of emails for the most part are, are uh, generally open. So yeah, yeah. Text, texting is the new way to get, get to the client. Yeah. Accurate stats. Uh, one of my favorite emails that we, I call this our evergreen email. After we hit them with about a dozen various things to help them, just have to tell them about you know coping and pools and all kinds of stuff. Sorry, I keep, it keeps slipping past. This is, I say, an evergreen email because about every three months or six months, it says, don't think we've forgotten about you. So this could go on for five years where every six months they're going to be reminded. We did another postcard also that uh, uh, was called, we did it as a test. And the subject line was checking on the status of your backyard. 
and wow, we had an amazing open rate. And uh, thought, okay, we're gonna. So we use that. So we every uh, after six months, then we send out. Don't think we've forgotten. Then we say check in on the status of your backyard because they're both kind of same the same thing. Hey, we're just checking in. We haven't forgotten about you, and it really works. And invariably, my clients get email replies. Oh, hey, I'm glad you asked. We were just getting ready to call you, or you know, whatever. So it it uh, it does work, and the cost is next to nothing. So like that's virtually prosperous. Any, I'm going to move on to number six, unless you've got something. No, I'm ready to go. Let's go. This one gets complicated. This was where I ruffled some feathers, but I got to tell you something. The whole social media thing, I, I've been kind of the, uh, I don't want to say a naysayer, but I'm sort of the opposing voice because what I saw as a marketing person 15 years ago embarrassed me because what I saw was marketing people blindly going, oh my God, social media, it's everything. Websites are going away. It's all going to be sold. It's everything. It's all. And they just went crazy. And they thought that it was the end all beat all everything. And I was like, hang on now. There's going to be power, but it's not universal. You got to be more selective. So what I say about social media is that it can help you, but you're probably doing it wrong. If you're following the advice that some marketing person gave you, it's probably wrong. So I'll give you very specific advice in this industry, what we should do and what we should not do. Some of the do, do, imagine that you're at a dinner party. If you, uh, if you're at a dinner party, you would want to be friendly and sociable and, you know, have a nice conversation. You would not say, oh, I'm so glad we're here together because now that I'm selling life insurance, I'd like to talk to all of you guys about uh, buying some life insurance from me, right? So I'd like to schedule some appointments with you guys, right? That would be a total bomb and you would never be invited to another neighborhood dinner party. So that's, it's just really simple. Do be interesting, be social, be conversational, be active, be helpful, and be sincere. That's, you know, because people can smell a fake. Be human. That's uh, the problem with using robots, be human. Uh, some don'ts. I think you'll like these, Randy. Okay. Don't uh, don't be a salesperson. And uh, this was years ago. The guy was still learning. He's a great salesman, but he was making the mistake of trying to sell on Facebook. He said, "It'll be hot soon in our little corner of paradise in Arizona. Now's the time to get your pool constructed." And so he videotaped himself giving this little sales pitch and putting it on Facebook. I said, "Well, nobody wants to listen to you make a sales pitch on Facebook." Uh, that just uh, doesn't work. So don't be a salesperson. Don't overshare. Now, for anyone who's only listening, I'll describe. We're looking at a cartoon of a guy with a very sophisticated toilet, and he's very proud showing his guests. He says, when I flush this baby, it automatically posts on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. So they're all very impressed. That's oversharing. All right? We don't need to do that much here. Another don't. Don't send people away. This, is, this was what really embarrassed me with my counterparts in the world of marketing. It's like they're putting all this, uh, all these social media links on a website, which isn't necessarily wrong, but when, they, when they're trying hard to get people to leave your website, to go to your social media site, I'm like, you fool, you've got it completely wrong. You wanna use the social media to get them to your website. You're not gonna sell them anything on social media it's like when they're in the store, it's like, oh, so glad you came in. Hey, go outside and check out that great billboard we got down the street. The street. No, no. the point of the billboard is get them in the store. The point of social media is get them to your website. Don't send them away. Uh, doesn't mean you can't have a link, but don't, don't push them away. 
Don't expect miracles, right? It can work. It can do some good things, but don't expect to go viral or anything like that. Now, what social media should we use? I've got about 5,000 uh, of them here, right? The answer is uh, almost none of them. Don't assume, if you're final, don't assume that all social media are right for you. In this industry, I'll tell you exactly one, which ones you should and should not be using. So, Randy, this will be a little test for you. You, uh, I'm gonna, I just want you to holler out these, uh, when I show these logos, you tell me what social media it is. Facebook. All right. Uh, no longer with us, I think. Uh, Google, uh, Google Pages, Google Analytics, I think they're gone now. Yeah, we could spend 20 minutes talking about all the Google products that are gone. You're yeah. Like yeah, this absolutely. So Google's also gone to local, which we could also spend another hour talking about because it is kind of important right now. So yeah, um, but the actual Google or the, uh, we're, anyhow, let's, let's move on. Yes, there's this many. This one many. actually, this is the logo for Google My Business, which is oh, got live it. and well. Um, next, of course, the, tri mm -hmm. the white triangle. YouTube, also owned by Google. And then House, uh, an wow. entity all in its own search engine. So um, the green one, how come I'm not coming up with that? It's not. That one, it used to be real clear because it looked, it was a woman named Angie. And now oh, Angie's list. Okay, there you go. New interesting logo. We know the bird. Twitter. And uh, the P. Pinterest, which is very picture-centric. And Instagram, the new Facebook, where uh, we'll probably do 2 billion Instagram. A uh, whole, uh, whole different group there. Yeah. And how about the I-N? Instagram. Oh, sir. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. LinkedIn. LinkedIn. There you, there you go. Sorry. I bet you don't know this last one. I have no idea what that is. That is called Google Currents. Oh, I'll tell okay. you more about all of these now. And let me tell you specifically what to do. It, for, as far as Facebook is concerned, this is such a brilliant strategy. And I don't, you know, you don't want to be up there selling, like I said before, a brilliant strategy. If you're a pool builder or a renovator, here's what I would do. You should, every time you're, you got your uh, supervisor out in the field and he's looking at this job, you're marking it on the ground, or take a photograph of that and then have somebody in the office post it on Facebook. Say, just marked out the Jones property, uh, going to excavate on Tuesday. And you post that. And then you go to the next job and they're doing the steel and you post the Smith steel and the uh, Johnson's gun is getting shot, all right? So when you... When you post that on the ground, the photo of the, uh, the I forget what I said, the Jones family with marking it on the ground. The smart thing to do is tag Mrs. Jones, Mr. and Mrs. Jones in that photo, even though they're not in the photo, because then they get notified that they've been tagged in a photo and they look and go, that's my backyard. And they're all excited and they heart the photo because they love it. And then they share it and post it to their own and they have their own comment, right? Woohoo, get in the pool, can't wait. You know, this is so exciting. And then all her friends chime in. They go, oh, you bitch, I hate you. I can't believe you're finally getting that pool. When's the party, right? Now all this chatter goes back. Oh, well, okay, I'm going to get you, I got a new margarita machine. You know, they're all, all this chatter is going to take place. And what's it all about? It's about the pool that you're building. Sure. Right? So, uh, so instead of you trying to brag and trying to get people to listen to you, nobody wants to hear anybody brag. You just post what's going on. You don't even brag about how great a job you're doing. Just saying, um, shooting the gunite today at the Johnson property. And, uh, and you might make a comment about no, uh, 
Notice the waterfall in the back. You know, if there's something interesting about it. That's the way to get people organically excited about your stuff on Facebook. So uh, easy to implement. And it doesn't take a lot of time. You don't need to hire a full-time person to make up crap. Because when you're making up crap, everybody can smell it as crap and they don't, they're not interested. But sure. that's real stuff. You should also have uh, like buttons and or, you know, uh, house idea book buttons on your photos. Make it easy for people to save them, to pin them, etc. On Facebook, so on the organic side, that's all I'm saying. If you're a service company, you really don't need to be doing that. If you're retail, it's a whole different strategy. I'm going to stay focused on builders right now. There's the other side of Facebook, which is advertising. And there is tremendous power in Facebook advertising. Now we could dedicate a whole session to that. And I'd rather have you bring in an expert like Dane Wiseman or someone to talk about advertising. But the point is Facebook advertising can be as powerful as Google advertising. So so in fact, the Facebook advertising is probably a lot more powerful than the organic stuff. So uh, if you're looking for more leads from Facebook, advertising is the way to do it. Let's move on to Google My Business. Why? Well, it's vital for SEO. If you don't have your Google My Business set up, then when someone looks up your company, the information that is normally there on Google won't be there. I'll show you an example in a minute. Uh, That's also where they find your reviews. That's how you control your map listing. And it's Google. So they may change the name and whatnot, but it's not going to die. It's not dying. It won't go away. So here's an example of a couple of different companies, uh, Affinity and Greensboro. See, they haven't claimed this, so they don't, uh, they don't have any business hours listed. Uh, they do at least have a link to their website, but um, it's kind of lacking. And you'll notice the photo. That's a Google Street photo. I don't know if you can see it, Randy, but it's the back of the building. And there's honestly, there's a bunch of crap back there, like some old air conditioning units and maybe an old refrigerator or something. It's horrible. It's highly unflattering. And but so so uh, Brett, real quick, Google Google uh, does take photos of your address and so on, and they identify you whether you like it or not, guys. Um, if you do not take charge of this, this has become a powerful search tool. In fact, uh, local has changed the way people do because they know where phones are. They know that eighty percent of the searches are on phones, and they will recommend people throughout the area that come with high reviews, somewhat like what Southwind Pools has as over here so or southern wind you you know you it, this is a process however it's not easy to do in fact they send you out a postcard that takes two to three weeks you have to reply to the postcard with a with a uh, with a code that's on the mailed postcard yes there still is the u.s mail service out there um and 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 then you've got to start to populate your pictures your website you can even put video now um, both on on a local Google local and it will show up when they're looking for whether it's a plumber or a pool builder in their feeds when they're doing searches. So this is a you know just one of the powerful tools of the social media things that Brett's brought to the attention. If you haven't done this, if it says uh, own this business on the side, it's something you 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 need to start the process on because it's going to take you months. It's going to take you two months. But without it, you're just you're not going anywhere. And look at those 42 uh, reviews there from Southern Winds, and they've um, you know they've got a four-star general, 4.2-star general review. That's what people are looking for. Yeah. Well, but and I got to take you back to that photo. You got that horrible photo on the left that is mm-hmm. only going to drive people, away. and then you got a beautiful vanishing edge 
on the right. And they've got probably got over 100 photos. There's really no limit. And like you said, video. I want to, however, reemphasize that it's absolutely vital. I mean, you're making it sound pretty hard. I don't think it's as hard as you say. It takes about one week for that postcard to show up. And really, in about 45 minutes, you can just upload all your photos all at once in the video. You maybe invest an hour, but it's not going to take months. You, in about two weeks, you could have all this done. You just got to go to your own listing, click the button that says own this business, and just step up and take ownership. Add your hours, your company description, all kinds of stuff. Do not neglect this because that's where the reviews go. You can't collect reviews, but you can encourage people to leave reviews. And people are absolutely making decisions based on those reviews. Uh, how's, I'll go through this quickly because this could, uh, we could spend a whole hour just on social media. How's obviously is homeowners who are looking for home improvement. They've got those great idea books. It, and now they've got the directory of local contractors. So they were, they were very smart. Pinterest doesn't have a local feature. House does. So house can sell tons of advertising and they do sell tons of advertising. Um, so not, whether you should buy it or not, that's kind of, it depends. Sometimes it can work. Sometimes it doesn't like any other advertising. You kind of have to test it. So you sign up for free, post your best stuff, be helpful. If someone asks a question and add the idea book, uh, option to, uh, to your photos. Let's move on to YouTube. This is really simple. And you, you may have a different opinion here, but my opinion is, hey, if you've got some photos or videos, great, create a channel, post your videos, repost on your website. And of course, there's a lot more to it. Keywords, descriptions, getting people to like them. But that's if you have videos. If you don't have videos, then you don't need YouTube. Okay, what you really need is Randy. Okay, you need to call Randy Beard and have get some photos, and then you can be on YouTube. So, um, well, it is the number two search engine, you know, per se. It's becoming because we are becoming such a visual video type uh, situation. You know, I think it's one of those. It just again takes a lot more work, and yeah, I'm not sure that that's top on your list if you you don't have you know Google My Business. Some of those you need to get done first, and. Then you progress on down into something like YouTube because the competition in YouTube is extremely difficult. There's so much content that it's it's hard to really place very well. Well, let me be blunt about that. I think of YouTube uh, and, and videos one and the same, just like pay per click. We're no longer in a place where it makes sense for you to do your own pay per click. It doesn't make sense for you to do your own videos. It's like you said, there's too much competition. You got to bring in an expert, whether that's Randy Beard or whoever you find. But it's uh, you that would take months. YouTube absolutely would take months to do. So I'd shy away from it, unless you got someone like Randy helping you. Let's talk about Angie's List. Why do it? Well, it is free, and it's a blue collar services directory. What I like about Angie's List, it's not the yellow pages. It's much more exclusive. It's now I'm going to sound sexist, but generally speaking, it's kind of like a club for rich housewives. At least that's how it started out because you, you had to pay a subscription to be able to see the companies that were listed. So uh, it's rare error. You were then, if you were in that book uh, or that directory, you were with very few selected people because if you did a crappy job, they'll flame you. If one person flames you, says, oh, this person's horrible, then they don't, people don't look for 42 reviews. They look for one bad review. And if you've got one bad review on Angie's List, you're not going to get any more phone calls. So you got to really be careful. you got to find someone, a reference, find someone who is a member to give you a nice review. Advertising is op optional. I find that Angie's List 
is more effective in the service industry. Yeah, the next door too. I think next door is the big brother, the little brother now to Angie's list, and it's up and coming. You know, we're seeing it a little bit there too. Instagram, you talked about that before. It's free. It's popular with the younger people. It will. You can feed to Facebook, which is good. But we got to keep in mind that, like Twitter, it's limited to uh, who's following you. Okay, so. Uh, um, uh, and there's not as many people yet. Pinterest is free. It can promote your work, your website, search rankings, because every photo you put can link back to your website. The only problem is it's not local. So the chances of a local person finding you on Pinterest is uh, a stretch. So it may not generate leads, but it's not bad from an SEO standpoint. Okay. Um, so get your free account, post nice stuff, and add pin it to your photos. LinkedIn. I remember hearing a marketing person, sadly, in this industry, and she said to the room full of people, she said, you got to get your LinkedIn profile up because people who are thinking about hiring you to build a pool, they're going to go look at your LinkedIn profile and see if, you're, if you've got a presence. And I thought, I don't know anyone on the planet that's looking for a, retail, a home service where they would, like if I'm hiring an automotive mechanic, I'm not gonna go to their LinkedIn file, air conditioning repair, swimming pool, painter. I'm not, I don't give a crap what their LinkedIn profile looks like. I'll look at their Google reviews and uh, Yelp reviews and that kind of thing. But LinkedIn, here's the deal, my summary. If you're looking for employees or you're trying to find a job, or you're trying to connect with business people. LinkedIn is perfect for that. If you're looking to sell residential pools, LinkedIn ain't the place, okay? That's, just, that's all there is to it. And anyone who tells you otherwise is smoking something. Uh, what to do with Twitter? Very simple. If you're a pool builder and you send out a tweet, who's watching, who's reading your tweets? You're maybe. Nobody. <laughs> probably nobody. If anyone is, it's, it's probably either your supplier or your competitor or your mom or your kids or nobody, most likely nobody. So the deal is, because if they're not following you, because someone who's thinking about buying from you isn't likely to in, in, interested in your Twitter. If you're famous, if you're Paris Hilton or Mark Cuban, hey, Twitter's perfect because guess what? There are millions of people that want to know what you had for breakfast and how you feel about lunch. But uh, all others need not apply. In this industry, you're wasting your time. Nobody, nobody that you want to reach is going to see your tweets. So you wait, only your competitors are going to see it. So you're wasting your time. Google Currents, that's what that last one was called. Oh, where's my logo? There it is. And, you know, they say that Google Currents is, gonna, is replacing Google Plus. But Google Plus was supposed to be Facebook. And Google Currents isn't Facebook. It is not a photo sharing. It's more like Slack or Skype. You know, it's more, it's really, and they came right out and say it, it's designed for inter-office communications. So you can kind of Skype back to each other or Slack. It replaces those things. It's got the power of Google, so that's good. But again, it's for internal communication, so it's not. Uh, and for the, those of you on Microsoft Teams, that's that's Teams, you know, that, that's doing that. So um, I, I think I got all this, but I want to do a quick review when you let me. Sure. I'm ready now because I'm so, ready to talk about reviews. Okay. Um, maybe good. Boy, reviews are everything. But So I'll get through my what I learned in this session with you real quick because I always learn from you, Brett. Um, for the most part, websites, 
the most important, uh, sometimes called landing pages at different points. Is social media important? I think what you explained to me is social media is important because it pollutes the landscape with all kinds of different seeds, but that these social media sites are really like on-ramps to get you ultimately to the website. They're only on-ramps. Now, once we get you to the website, we don't want to give you any off-ramps, right? So we don't give you any options to get get off of the website. So I'm going to, what you just taught me was I'm going to think of it as, as on-ramps to get to the final destination, which is, is the ultimate website. Each of these sites seem to be a little bit different the way you explained them, Brett. So, so while some are a, a petite little, uh, you know, backyard barbecue uh, party, like you were showing us on Facebook, um, it seemed like uh, some of these are a little bit different. You know, some are very visual like house and Instagram. Um, some are very formal black tie affairs like LinkedIn and maybe not the best place. And then others are like rock concerts like Twitter and you can yell all you want, but nobody's going to hear you. So uh, that's what I learned out of your session. Um, kind of thinking the way I have to think. But uh, anyhow, let's let's talk about reviews. Yep. All right. If, if we still have time because we uh, we have plenty of time for you. I appreciate that. So, um, by the way, yeah, well said, very great analogy, but about the on-ramp. Uh, yes, social media can be an on-ramp, but it also plays another role, which is social proof, which is a little bit different. That's a place where people can find out more about you uh, from the rest of the world. What does the rest of the world think of you? Social media will expose that, good or bad. So, uh, uh, that helps helps people make their decision, to firm up their decision. All right, five-star reviews, one-star reviews. Boy, those are the two opposites, and isn't it painful to even think about. Um, Randy, I wonder if you can tell me what this is. I'm showing 10 green thumbs up and one big red thumbs down. You probably should put an equal sign between them because it takes 10, 10 good ones to counterbalance the bad one, right? I don't, I don't know, that was my guess. That is exactly, that is correct, and then the corollary is that It'll, uh, 10 attaboys can be wiped out by one aw crap, right? Yep, they're, you're right, they're equal. So you can, it takes 10 to, to recover. And uh, if you've got 10, well, one negative review blows 10 of them out of the water. So well, and, and you don't have control of the algorithms as we, uh, you know, we saw in that famous Yelp. And if you've ever seen the Yelp movie that was uh, done, uh, the, the Billion Dollar Bully, I would encourage you to go see that. Um, because it, yeah, uh, quite often the negative reviews are rated much better than the positive reviews, and that's done by algorithms because people like to live on the negative. So, yeah, you really got to fight and and do what you can to subdue those negatives, take care of them, try and get the people to change their opinions, and uh, and communicate with the, with the clients. Again, a big reason to give those clients a kiss on the way out the door and that big old beach towel, right? <laughs> Uh, that's right. Now, can I offer some blunt medicine? Sure. Again, my style. When it comes to the reviews, if you're struggling, if you've got some negative reviews more than you want, then what you have to do, well, there's a couple things. You can try to get rid of the negatives, but usually you just try to flood them with positives, just like we said earlier. Now, be honest with yourself. Those of you who are listening, if you're not going to, you could do it yourself. You could reach out and try to get people to leave reviews, but if you're not going to be serious about it, then don't kid yourself. Just hire one of these companies, Broadly or BirdEye or Scipio or Podium, and there's half a dozen others. Uh, GoDaddy is doing it now. I wouldn't go with GoDaddy. These four 
I have experience with. They're, they range from about 150 bucks a month to about 400 bucks a month. So I'd say do it for six months or so and get yourself up to where you need to be and then, uh, then cancel the service. So uh, some of them, of course, will say, oh, no, no, you got to commit for a year because they, <laughs> they're afraid you'll cancel early. But anyway, that's the way to go. If you need more five-star reviews, hire one of those services to, uh, to get you. And I don't, if, I don't know if you know how they work or listeners know how they work. Usually what they say, the, the functionality is it'll send out an email that says, hey, I heard you just used uh, Randy Beard's uh, video service. Uh, can you tell us how was your experience? Was it good or was it bad? And if they say good, they go, oh, glad to hear it. Would, would you mind saying something nice about us on Google or Yelp or whatever? And they'll provide the links to those places. And if it, you say, well, it was bad, of course, no one will ever say that about Randy Beard's services. but. In some other cases, if they said bad, then they'll say, oh, we're so sorry to hear that. Let's, uh, we want to take action to get it fixed, blah, blah, blah. So that's how you separate them. So you don't send everyone to your, you shouldn't just blindly say, hey, leave us a review because you could be encouraging angry people to leave because angry people are more than happy to leave a review. You want to try to resolve it instead. If you have negative reviews, you really must reply because it's bad enough to get a one-star review. And no matter how ugly or inaccurate it is, if you the worst thing you can do is then ignore it because then it says uh, you're you're not helping people and you don't care, so you've at least got to reply to it. Secondly, when you reply, you got to be non-emotional, and that's tough sometimes because there's if someone leaves you a really ugly review, there's probably some uh, history there, and you know that sob is lying. But you have to you have to remember. You're not trying to convince the person who left the review. You're trying to convince the 10,000 people who are looking at the review, trying to figure out whether or not we can trust you. So it's all about the audience, not the, not the person who wrote the review. And I, I think you know, when checked, when controlled, when replied to, that the overall internet public now knows there's a lot of negative people out there. And, uh, and they're aware of these t statistics. So just to, you know, do your due diligence, do the best you can, reply to the negatives, and then go out and get a lot more positives and uh, you'll bury them. And, and uh, you, know, you have to pay more attention to the positives than the negatives and, and move on. Randy, I'm glad you mentioned that about the fact that we're all learning that there are some crazies out there. That's the goal when you reply. What you wanna do is you want to look like the calm, sane, intelligent, believable person, by very even keeled, very honest and sincere. And then everybody say, well, this guy must be an idiot because that sounds normal. He's the one that sounds like a lunatic. Okay, so I'm not gonna worry about that negative review. So that's the way to go. Shall we wrap up with secret number seven? Let's go. We're excited we got four of them in today. This is fantastic. Getting leads versus closing sales. Now this is where I'm gonna teach everyone on this podcast, how to be your own marketing consultant. So you don't have to spend millions and millions of dollars hiring experts like us. Okay. <laughs> so uh, it's really simple. And maybe some people know this, but I think a lot of people don't. I didn't know this until I got into marketing. There's two sides. There's advertising and there's marketing because there's leads and there's sales. So before so when someone comes to you, this is, this is how you protect yourself. When an ad rep comes to you uh, or the podium rep or whoever, they say, oh man, I got this great thing. You need to buy this thing. Well, slow down for a second. You need to be a doctor and analyze yourself. Give yourself a self-diagnosis. What is the problem? 
let's separate is one of two things. Are we not getting enough leads or are we getting plenty of leads, but we're not closing enough sales? Could be one or the other or both. All right. But if we're, and, and I'll talk about how to figure out which is which, but if you're, if you got a good closing ratio, but you're not getting enough leads, well, okay, then we need to do lead generation, advertising or referrals or something. If we're getting plenty of leads, but our closing ratios are below a certain benchmark, well, then we don't need to throw more money at advertising. You can, but you're wasting your money. You need to fix the hole in your bucket. You need to figure out why you're not closing as many as you should and use marketing tools to improve your closing ratios. So step one is to figure out what's the real problem. Is it not enough leads or am I just not closing enough of the leads? Okay. So I'll, I'll give you some examples how to do that. When it comes to advertising, there's just one question you have to answer. What's the return on investment? Because what's better? Is it radio or print or direct mail or pay-per-click? Well, it does, whichever one provides the best return on investment. And the benchmark is if you can make a dollar in net profit off of an advertising investment, well, then it's probably worth it. Now, if you can make $5 instead of $1, well, you know, get the best return on investment. But the bottom line is it's got to, whatever you do in terms of advertising, it's got to generate uh, a net profit, not a gross profit. It's got to pay for itself and, and, and a net profit. So uh, return on investment is what you're looking for. My favorites in this industry are as follows, more or less in this order. Right now, if you're trying to generate leads fast, the smartest way, most effective way to go is pay per click. That's, you can make something happen fast. It's very trackable. Um, it used to be my search engine optimization used to be my favorite. But that thing has completely flip-flopped uh, over the last 10 years because I could control SEO and pay-per-click. Most people didn't go there. Well, it's completely Now people don't hesitate to click a pay-per-click ad and search engine optimization is 100 times harder than it was before. You could trick Google in a month. Now, uh, now you go to uh, Google prison. So <laughs> it's very dangerous. Uh, but it still works, but it's just you, gotta, you have to be, uh, be more patient. Vehicle signage, you talk about a return on investment. You spend $2,000 on a really eye-catching wrap around your truck and people will see you all over the place and you'll brand yourself every day when the people are going around. I mean, you can do something boring, but you know, go bold. Go you know, Take a look at what they're doing. Is it Pool and Spa News where they're doing the, uh, the truck, uh, you know, they're giving awards now for the... Uh, the best truck wrap. So vehicle signage, very powerful. And, and, and man, manufacturers are actually, uh, are doing it too. I think Jandy's uh, run a, a whole deal with it. I know that Hassa is in the midst of running a campaign right now with a uh, vehicle. So you can actually get co-op money to do that. Um, my trucks are all wrapped and, you know, vinyl wraps now are fairly inexpensive. Um, I, my, my one little suggestion is that you keep it bold and readable because some yep. of these things get too rough. And if you try and put a, a very complicated wrap, you know, the point is we need to, we need to put the branded name down there and a phone number. Those are the things that they need to get and the website maybe, but yeah, I, I, you know, Vehicle signage or wraps, what are known as wraps on a white truck right now, can go a long way to, for payback. It certainly paid off for me. I agree. We have to think billboard, which means, like on a billboard, seven words is the rule of thumb. No more than seven words. And 
But I, I strongly recommend if you're going to wrap in this industry, get very creative. I've seen a hot tub manufacturer that the wrap around the van makes it look like people are swimming inside the van. Right. So it's very eye catching. Like, oh, look at that. There's someone swimming inside the van, you know, so get creative. Yard signage. Some places don't allow it. But you know what? I have never met a pool builder who used yard signage that didn't sell a pool because of a yard sign. And they're, you know, even if you pay 50 bucks per sign that they work uh, when they're allowed. Home shows can work. Now, most people do those wrong. So maybe someday I can teach your audience how to do a home show correctly so that you'll get more leads than 95% of all the other exhibitors. Joint ventures, partnerships, there's a lot that can be done there. Networking in an elevator pitch, that can be very powerful. Uh, well, let me clarify. Networking with an elevator pitch. Tech networking is a way to meet people and get your, get, get your name out there and find leads. Your elevator pitch is actually a marketing tool that you would use in the networking. Uh, so that's something to remember. Direct mail can work, it's tough. Um, so it's a, it's kind of high risk investment. Magazines have been on a steady decline there because there's so many magazines. So they're getting uh, ultra local, you know, where a neighborhood has its own magazine that may work. Uh, you know, I'm not convinced. I'm, I'm not really excited about magazines because nine out of 10 people who are thinking about getting a pool, they don't go look at their local magazine. They go to the internet and they search on Google. So that's, that's where you ought to be. Uh, I mentioned radio at the end there because radio can be very powerful, but it's one of those things that if you're going to do it, you got to spank high or stay home. You got to commit for a year and it's got to be 50K to 100K. You need to hit it hard. You can take a little bit of a break, but then you can hit it again because what you're doing is you're branding yourself across an entire city. If you want to be the name that everybody thinks of, radio is perfect for that. Um, but if you think you're just going to generate some leads, no, don't either, like I said, spank high or stay home. Now, let's talk about marketing. So that's advertising and generating leads. Um, on the, if we're having trouble with closing ratios, then, then we need to look at our marketing tools. And here's my benchmark. What would you, what would you say, Randy, as a, uh, would be the benchmark of a good closing ratio versus bad? I've been working with a number for 15 years and it hasn't failed me yet. I, I, I will. First off, I can tell you that when I was doing my own sales, my closing rate was much higher than when I had salesmen. And in fact, the salesman could never get close because I represented the company. So I, I think there's, there's a variable different answer. Um, I know what I was happy with, um, but we predetermined, pre-qualified, made sure that, you know, anything I rolled on, I had a pretty good chance. But, um, you know, I, I'm guessing that if you had a 50% close rate, is that a high number? Oh, my God, that would be outstanding. Would it? Here, okay. Here's my experience. In this industry, of all of your face-to-face -face meetings, if you're closing one in five, then you're okay. 20%. Less okay. than one in five, you got a problem. Yeah. And, uh, and, it's, and it's consistently, uh, if you're less than, less than one in five, you got a problem. But 20% is actually not bad. Because if you think about it, of every five people you talk to, it's not unusual that two of them are going to go, holy crap, these things cost a lot more than I thought. We're not going to buy at all. We're going to wait two more years or something, right? So two don't buy, and that leaves only three left to buy. And, uh, you know, if you get one out of three, because they're probably going to talk to three different builders. So on average, it's not that uh, it's not that bad. 
I'm not, I'm not worried. If you're over 20%, I'm not worried. If you're below 20%, I'm worried and we got to do something. So here's what we do. I already talked about it. One in five. If it's a referral, it ought to be one in three. All right. And if you're using one of those lead services or something like Service Magic or Home Advisor, uh, my experience has been, you know, you would get lucky to get a one in a hundred. That, that these those can be a total time suck. So I, I haven't recommended those services in a while because the closing ratios are so bad. So let's talk about some of the things you can do. The first thing that is powerful in terms of persuading people is get some high quality photos. They should be on your website. They should be in your brochure. They should be on your uh, Google listing. Uh, heck, they should be on your truck, whatever. Uh, but spend a little extra money. If you're walking out there with your Android and, and just taking a photo of a pool and you're cutting off part of it, that you're doing it wrong. We've got a podcast in the can where people want to know how to do it right. That'll tell you how to do it right. So spend some money, get some really nice photos, uh, and, uh, and that will go a long way towards persuading people. Now, what about video, Randy? Do you think video might make a difference? Well, I, I think it's a different project. And I think we talked in the podcast about photos that one of the tools that I used was normally I was meeting with the creative person, not the financial person. And the financial person had to write off on it. So I would take a beautiful photo like this. I think this is, is this Aquatech? And, and it, um, you know, I would then put them on the eight and a half by uh, 11 sheets that I printed on my HP printers in my office. And when somebody looked at that and said, man, that's the pool I'm wanting, I'd yank that baby out and leave it on, on the, uh, on the deck. Because let me tell you, Brett, you know, nobody wants to see your manufacturer's um, brochures about pumps and heaters. They really don't care. But what I would do by the time I'd left, I'd say, well, I don't like that, I don't like that. Oh, I like that. I'd drop that picture, that, you know, eight by 10 picture on the, on the marble countertop. When I left, the creative person approached the financial. What'd you do today, honey? Oh, well, I met with this uh, crazy pool guy. He says it's going to cost us $200,000 to build the backyard. She goes, you're out of your mind. No way. But he says, well, I met this pool guy. And look, we're doing this and we're doing this and we're doing this. It's like game over game over either that or sell to the kids on the way out the door talk to the kid and say i'm going to put a water cannon in your backyard Did you hear about that it's game <laughs> over man it's game, game over. over right there that's a fact yeah but uh, i would say in a nutshell though a video high quality video can help you close more sales and here's one of the easiest things you can do i, I i've found this has worked over and over again come up with 10 reasons why i should buy from you right you know I, you're a member of aquatech or you're you're a Genesis builder, or you're, you got a CVP, or you got uh, 837 five-star reviews on Google. You know, give me some facts and evidence, not empty platitudes, not like, well, we care more than the next guy, but real, real stuff that, that just makes it easier for the homeowner to go, oh, okay, this, this makes sense. These 10 reasons make sense. Moving on to uh, brochures, brochures, a professional brochure with high quality photos that can be very compelling. Because uh, like you said, I, I, I was really shocked when I saw how people would take a folder and they would just shove all the brochures from all the different manufacturers. That wasn't telling a story. The only story that said was, there's a bunch of stuff here and you don't understand it, but I'm going to shove these in here anyway. Good luck looking through them. Tell us what you like. No, that's, that's not the story you want to be telling. With the brochure, you can tell exactly what you want. As I said, DVDs, we're kind of moving away from that, but that has worked. On hold message, you can absolutely, uh, in fact, I love to tell a story. Uh, I did one for uh, a client of mine some years ago, and it's 
they'd never done a vanishing edge pool or permit overflow at that time. And uh, a call came in and they put the guy on hold. And then when they connected to the owner, he's, he told the owner who then told me, he said, well, I was calling to find out whether you guys ever hit, whether you guys can do those vanishing edge pools. But then I just heard on the on hold message that you do. So I'd like to set an appointment. So there you go. That's it. I can help. So, um, and then of course the 60 second elevator pitch where you, you know, what would you say if you, if you stepped onto an elevator, which means you got maybe 60 seconds as someone says, so what do you do for a living? And of course mine is really simple. I say, well, I'm a marketing consultant who works exclusively in the swimming pool industry. I like to help businesses separate themselves from their competition and then beat that competition into a demoralized quivering pulp. Either they're interested or they're not, you know, and if they are great, we'll have another conversation. With well, the, the new one in 2021 should have something to do with staycations, I think. Yeah, so right. you, you better add that word into your, uh, into your elevator pitch. That's good. Uh, so there you go, Randy. We've covered the seven tools. I'll kind of recap them for you in a minute. But, you know, the essence behind it, that stealing from Sun Tzu, who wrote uh, The Art of War some 500 years ago, victory goes to the one with superior forces, excuse me, superior forces at the point of contact. That's what this is all about, arming our listeners with superior forces so that they have a better chance of winning uh, at the point of contact. So let me recap, if I may. Sure. We talked about the fact, secret number one, the pool buying process is rare and unique, so it has to be treated differently. Number two, to the average homeowner, until you demonstrate otherwise, you look like everyone else, or as I say, you're like the, you're like the ugly fruit. You know, you, they think you're ugly, so you got to demonstrate otherwise. Number three, referrals are the best leads of all. Secret number four, your website speaks volumes about you. It may be good, it may be bad, and you may never know it, because if it speaks bad, they'll never call you, all right? So website is vitally important. Number five, you must nurture your prospects to buy from you, and you should automate that nurturing, because nobody has time to do it in their spare time anymore. Social media, yes, it can work, but you're probably doing it wrong. Just focus on the, the critical few instead. And then advertising and marketing. Use advertising to get the leads and then use marketing, marketing tools to close the sale. So those are the seven, seven crucial marketing secrets every pool builder should know. So now you get out of trouble with Dean down in Arizona who scolded you for only having uh, three of the seven. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, we want to thank all of our listeners and remind you that if you'd like to contact Mr. Brett out of it, but Mr. Brett, how can they contact you? Can you uh, bring us up to date on the best way to find you? You know, that would make a lot of sense for me to show my phone number or website, but poolbuildermarketing.com is the website and 18ProfitsUp is the phone number. How about that? 18ProfitsUp. Well, Mr. Brett, we want to thank you for coming back to Ask the Masters. Certainly, Dean, uh, there in uh, Chandler area, Zona, and everywhere else, they're, they're happy to hear from you, and they're dying to get this second half. And uh, we, we want a super big thank you. If you're looking for a website review, or you want to take your company to the next level, or you'd like to automate the things you're already doing to uh, plug up all the holes you've got in your funnel, uh, you definitely want to give Mr. Abbott a call. Uh, Brett, we're out of here. Uh, have a good one, and we will see you on the internet. Thank you, Randy. Thank you all. Bye-bye.